In the Merriam-Webster dictionary, the verb forgive is defined to cease to feel resentment against an offender. In this series of conversations with author Eliza Ann McDaniel, the value of forgiveness radiates as a positive transaction of self-love, discovery, empowerment and evolution. Eliza's journey has been riddled with trauma and suffering. During these conversations, Eliza shares how she transitioned from fear to love, how she forgave her father's incestuous torture, and how that decision has touched her life and the lives of those around her. Eliza's Awakening series, which includes Behind Closed Doors and Journey to the Heart, are a true testament of the human condition. One woman's path, proof of the soul. Please be advised that the following content could cause distress as it includes extensive discussion and graphic descriptions of abuse, which may be triggering to some. Eliza, I imagine you have a very deep understanding of the challenges and complexities of healing after abuse. What can you share about your experiences with anger and shame? How has your path been sculpted by it and how have you successfully reclaimed such a positive self-identity? I will address the anger and shame separately. So years ago, growing up, even as a child, I had lots of anger within me and my twin and I would... I remember just getting angry, you know, children, children arguments and stuff like that. And of course, with my brother growing up, especially with him, lots of angry outbursts. And, and it continued as I grew into teenagerhood. I think I really started feeling the anger back then during teenagerhood and I, I controlled it a little bit as I got older, but, but not enough because I hadn't dealt with all my issues. So all of that anger and pain was still buried inside of me and it would come out in, in arguments with whoever it was, with my twin or uh, at, at the time with my husband back then. And it was like, I, I, when I was yelling or screaming, I didn't care. I just, I felt like I needed to get my frustrations out. And we all do this, I think. I am sure we all do this to some extent or another. And it wasn't until I started healing from this that I began to see how it not only affected me, but it affected my loved ones and, and people, friends or people that I came in contact with. Because even even my children, you know, when I would yell and scream, you know, it did affect them. And, at, you know, to, today, you know, I feel really bad that I did that. I feel really, really bad. And I have told my kids over the years, oh, please forgive me for yelling and screaming like that. I, you know, I wasn't healed from all of this. And, and of course, they're so sweet. They said, you know, they understood and all that. But I still felt 
bad that I did that. But I see the bigger picture now when I didn't back then. So I've learned a lot of lessons from dealing with the anger throughout my life. A lot of lessons because it does and it can shape other people's lives that you take out your anger on. And as I always say, anything that somebody says or does to you that upsets you or makes you angry or jealous or bitter or feel rejection, it's always a wound inside of you that needs to be healed. So over the years, I, I learned that and, and it didn't, I didn't heal it overnight. It took years. And, and even today, I mean, I have to admit, I still every now and then will get mad at something. <laughs> and But the difference is, is now I know how to deal with it. Back then I didn't. And I just would get into a fit of anger where I would just sometimes just go to my room and close the door and just didn't want to be around anybody and sit there and weep and weep and weep. And not knowing why I was doing those things. But now I know why. And it was holding in all that pain. And everything that had happened to me over the years. So with the shame. Years ago. I had huge amounts of shame. Oh, it would just. I could just feel it. And it was so ugly. And with that, too, once I forgave my dad, truly forgave him, that shame started going away and was being healed. And also along my journey, I, I used to think the shame belonged to me, but it didn't. That shame does not belong to anybody that's been abused in any way, shape, or form that's dealing with shame. That is something that the perpetrator puts on you. It is not yours. Do not take it as yours at all. It it just isn't. And it's a horrible, ugly feeling to feel that. And even just up to a, a couple of years ago, there's been very few times, but but nevertheless, a little bit of shame would come up, like if I was talking to somebody about my books and and if I saw the way that they looked in their face and their eyes I felt like they were judging me to an extent and I would feel that shame but it wasn't nearly as strong as it was years ago it was just enough to know it was there and I was like oh <laughs> there is that little bit of shame that hasn't quite gone away yet and and so I have dealt with it uh the shame does not belong to me the shame does not belong to anybody at all so it is something that needs to be out of everybody's life because it is a ugly feeling it is a horrible horrible feeling uh to have and to for it to come up so over the years, how it has affected my journey, I have learned with any of these emotions that come up to deal with it right away. 
and it does help. It's it's a tremendous help compared to years ago when I didn't even know any of this and how to deal with it. It just festered inside of me, and, and it does with most people, if not all people. It will just fester and fester. So for me and what I experienced on my journey, learning to deal with those emotions as soon as they come up, if you can, or shortly thereafter, and deal with them and look at them. Look at them. If you have to cry some more, go ahead, because that's those tears are releasing that energy. And uh, just look at it and and see where it stemmed from and heal that part of yourself and and the most most of all is to love love it and love yourself unconditionally because that's another way of healing that comes in is unconditionally loving yourself and knowing that none of these things were ever ever your fault and once you recognize it, any of those emotions, whether it's anger or fear or uh, shame, any of those emotions that come up, I suggest to, if you can, to deal with them as soon as you can. And it does. It gets easier and easier each time they do come up. And I'm actually very grateful for my journey and what I've experienced with people sharing with me and how to heal and deal with these emotions that have been locked up in my heart. It's been a roller coaster ride of a journey for me. So now my path is sculpted for me the way that I like it now because I feel so much lighter and and that's not to say that there's still every so often there might be something that comes up I mean that's I think that's just normal I think we are forever healing I guess if that's how you want to say it uh, forever moving forward and there's for me, there's always something, something that comes up every now and then. And like I said before, but now that I know how to deal with it, it makes it so much easier instead of being in the dark of how to deal with these things and just keeping them all inside or sharing them with people that don't understand. And then you get more judgments and and whatever they're experiencing may may put on you so it's like a back and forth back and forth so everything that somebody goes through it's it's theirs it's their personal thing to to deal with and to heal because everything everything is within there's nothing outside of ourselves except for those who come and and poke those triggers inside of you and they're actually just messengers to let you know hey hey guess what there's something inside of you that needs to be looked at and healed 
It does. It does get easier. It's not an overnight process. I say this all the time. It's not an overnight process. Um, but once again, it does have to do uh, also with with forgiving. And I know there's many people that aren't ready to do that. And and I think they will in their own timing. I'm not tell, I'm not demanding people to forgive. I'm just saying that for me, the forgiveness is what set me free. But it did take a while. It, and again, it's not an overnight process. But all of these things is, I always say I'm still kind of a, a work in progress. But I've learned a lot along my journey. I have learned a lot. And I am in a much better place today than I was years ago. And, I, and for that, I'm very, very grateful and thankful for all the people that have come into my life, whether positive or negative, because it has all taught me something. Every single one has taught me something. And I am very, very thankful. In your first book, Behind Closed Doors, one of the key turning points was when you made the decision to lock your door. I recall you mentioning what you thought to yourself at the time you wish you knew that was all it would take to make it stop but you quickly realized it was only at that time that you found the strength and courage to do it and I think that this is something many of us experience at some point perhaps not in relation to something quite so traumatic but the if only that comes with hindsight can leak a sort of toxicity into our ability to heal and focus forward. Would you agree? How did you gain new perspective? And how do you now live your life with such a positive mindset and caring heart? Yes, I remember that night very clearly. And it was a huge turning point in my life. And it was very terrifying that night when I decided to lock my door when I went to bed and as I did I crawled into bed and sat up against the headboard and pulled the covers up just staring at my door and the door handle because I knew he was going to try to get in and it was I was very very scared you know on one hand I didn't care but I'm 17 years old and this is my dad and yes I was terrified because I didn't know what he was going to do the next day or the next few days or week or month or whatever because he was capable of doing anything whether it was killing me and or you know beating me or just you know treating me really bad over god knows how long you know my mind was just going over and over of all the things that were a possibility of what he could do so I sat there in fear and in the middle of the night I was still awake staring at the door and I heard that all too familiar sound of the handle jiggling and my heart must have been going 150 miles an hour I froze and after a few jiggles it stopped and then nothing and I finally went to sleep 
and the next morning I had to go to work, and I heard him in the kitchen, and I knew I had to face him, so, you know, it's now or never, I thought, so I went downstairs, and I grabbed a cup of coffee, and as I turned around to pass him again to go back upstairs, he stopped me, and he said, why'd you lock your door, and I said, you know why, and I just kept on going, and my heart was racing, and I went to the bathroom and got dressed and ready for work. And that was it. He never touched me again. Never. Now, unfortunately, my twin sister still endured his abuse. And that was it for me. What made me decide that night the decision that I made of locking my door was because earlier that day he had raped me. It was during the daytime and it was humiliating enough but during the day with with me seeing him and him seeing me and being raped by your own father I I said enough's enough in my mind. I'm like, that's it. It was the most humiliating feeling. It was like all the humiliation and shame and disgust just was coming up in me during that whole time. And, and I did. I just made up my mind. That's it. And I didn't care. I didn't care if, if, if he killed me. I didn't care if 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 I was going to die then then I was going to die. I really didn't care. And I had those emotions was my strength of locking my door that night. And once I did it was over. Like I said he never touched me again. And yes, it when the thoughts came like Wow, was that all I had to do all this time? And yes, I did feel guilty. I felt so guilty. Why didn't I do this sooner? Why? And I, I was actually putting the blame on myself. <laughs> and I think that's what most of us would do. And it's not, you know, it's never the victim's fault. Never, never. What was actually occurring in, in me was what I didn't see at the time was I was frozen by fear, just like all victims. They're they're frozen by the fear. And if and if the abuser is grooming you since you were four and a half years old, it's all you knew. And he put the fear in all of us, you know, that he would kill us. Uh that, you know, it wouldn't take much to put a bullet in your head. And he was very capable of doing any of these things, and that's what kept kept uh, myself and my twin sister, and I'm sure a few other people in that fear. So it was it wasn't until I was actually going through the healing process that I realized 100% that it you know I shouldn't have put that blame and shame on myself because it wasn't my fault and the if only 
finally went away, and I healed from that too. Um, it did leak toxicity in myself for those years, but not anymore. I was able to heal and move forward. And it was actually during the healing process, it was, it's not an overnight thing, that I did gain new perspective and uh, started living my life with a positive mindset and a caring heart. But it wasn't until I totally forgave that I started healing from that because the forgiveness just did, was just wonderful for my heart. It did all kinds of things that were healing and compassionate. The feeling was just overwhelming when the reality of the forgiveness settled into my heart. It was overwhelming. It, I, I can't even explain the feeling that was, it was the love of, of spirit that just overtook me until I was a puddle of tears and a true reality in my heart. And I've been like that ever since. And I have forgiven everybody in my life. And I remember the times that I did forgive uh, it's it it truly is for your own heart and moving forward no matter what it is it's not for the abuser and I've said this and I'll always say this it's not for the abuser it is for your own heart and moving forward so for me that night of Locking my door was the best thing I could ever do for myself and my journey. Eliza, you told me about a time when somebody suggested that you chose to be abused and how angry you felt about that. I also remember you sharing your perspective, your responses and your feelings and how they changed over time as an ongoing process. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, I do remember that. And it actually wasn't until my journey with Monty by going to different cities and him ministering in, in different cities and meeting a lot of people. So I heard that statement here and there throughout ministry from different ones talking about it. Just not a bunch of people, but just like one at a time. And because I wasn't healed at that time, because I wasn't healing at that time, when I heard them mention that we chose our own life before we got here and that we chose our own parents and we chose exactly what to what was going to happen to us and we were ready to come here and play out our our journeys and it did it used to <laughs> it used to make me so mad I, I could just feel the anger welling up inside of me but also what else was coming up inside of me was all the other emotions that I hadn't dealt with yet you know the the shame and and the anger and the 
uh, rejection issues and you name it, all those ugly emotions that come up with abuse. So I was feeling that too. And I never said anything to most people uh, when they spoke about it. Now, when someone came up to me directly and said it, then then I did. I, I uh, spoke up and... I was I was angry and I said how can you sit there and tell me that I chose to be molested that I chose to be raped since since a child and up until 17 years old how can you tell me and I was just angry and the person was very very nice and and she was beyond uh <laughs> Uh, me at that time as far as as awakening process and uh, she just had already gone through a lot more than I did and she was very soft and gentle and and she explained it but I still couldn't hear it at that moment I could not hear it and because I wasn't ready to hear it yet and so throughout my journey with Monty even though I was healing during that journey, I didn't realize that I was. It wasn't until, uh, I would say, oh, just weeks after uh, we had kicked Monty out that things started unraveling of, of everything that had happened over the past five years at that time. And it was it was an unraveling of the mind, you know, what is true, what is not true. Oh, my gosh, you know, there was so much that happened during that time. And so one of those was that particular question or statement saying, you chose this life. Now, that, that particular one didn't come until later, much later on, uh, because the healing process was still going on with me uh, up until now, which uh, it's been, oh, 15, 16 years. Wow, I can't believe it's been that long since the whole Monty thing fell apart. And, uh, well, it's 14 years, excuse me. And it's only been, I would say, in the past, oh, I don't know, maybe seven years that that has actually sunk into me where now it's a reality. And it is, to me, my personal opinion, it is part of an awakening process because, well, actually, what really, really helped me, and I wept and wept and wept as I read it, was the story about the little soul and the sun by Neil Donald Walsh. And I read that that story and it seemed like all the puzzle pieces just snap, 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 snap together. And if anybody hasn't read that story, I highly suggest that you read it. For me and for others I know that has read that, you know, it has really, really helped them. I have to say, I, my personal opinion, if somebody hasn't healed from their abuse, that they might not be able to see it. 
but I still suggest to read it anyway because as what I did years ago, if I something didn't resonate with me, I didn't just throw it out. I put it on a shelf. And nine times out of ten, months or even years later, that particular subject would come up. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I see that. So, yeah, I think it is for people, and this is my opinion, who have awakened to the truth of who they are that and and I feel with the, with that particular story I I really resonated with it because I have I have forgiven everyone in my life and I felt like I was that that little soul saying I want to choose I want to choose forgiveness I want to uh experience what forgiveness feels like and so that resonated with me quite a bit so um, once again, even if someone doesn't resonate with we chose our parents and we chose what was going to happen when we came here, when we were born, all of that, all that memory was taken away. And then now we're on our journey. So I can, it's almost like I can actually see others saying the same thing, just as I did. But give it time. It will, during your awakening process, it will be a reality in your own heart one day. It really will. I think for me, I had to hear it over and over again. The more I heard it, the less angry I became. And the more of the truth of it and reality started settling in my heart. And like I said, it wasn't until many years later that it did settle into my heart. And also listening to others, uh, whether it's my favorite awakened people on YouTube or, or social media that do talk about this has really helped me over the years. If you would like to know more about Eliza's journey, you can find her at elizaannmcdaniel.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to purchase her Awakening series and you live inside the USA, you can get that straight from her website. If you live outside of the USA, then you can find her Awakening series on Amazon.